to Compass and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing, and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships, and leisure activities. A full life requires planning for your goals and preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences and so much more, because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you need now and at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guest is James Castell. James has been a member of the SQUIM Chamber of Commerce since 2011, and he chose SQUIM as a community for he and his wife to raise their two boys. James is an economic graduate of the University of Washington and has always been interested in anything finance. In 2012, he joined Castell Insurance as the Director of Sales and Marketing. In 2020, Castell Insurance won and leveraged awards for their ability to provide services with technology-based programs. James is an active volunteer for Squim Wheelers, and he coaches youth sports in the community. In addition to all of this, James is the energetic host of the local educational program, Clallam Corner. Subscribe to his YouTube channel today. James is going to be the perfect person to speak about the town of Squim and learn about its charm and sense of community. So that's going to be the topic for our podcast today. James, thanks for joining me. Wow. When you read it out like that, it makes me sound so esteemed and you know a great spokesperson. So you've done a great job of, of pumping me up for your audience. Well, I was on your podcast and I had so much fun and you're just so energetic and very enthusiastic about every single guest that you interview. And I just thought, you know what? You live in Squim, you breathe Squim, you're raising your family there, you work there, you're the perfect person to talk to. So I'm going to jump into my first question and ask you, James, what's the lore? What makes Squim enticing to you and also retirees? Yeah, well, that's a great thing because it, it, doing what I do, I get to talk to people from all different walks of life. Obviously, Squim for a long time has been really known as a hotbed or the secret sauce for retiring in the Northwest because, because of some of the factors. One, the pace of life. Everything's just calmer, slower, quieter. It's a, it's a great small community that doesn't have the hustle and bustle of big metropolis. Uh, I lived in Seattle prior to this, and there's a great feeling of that quaint small town environment here. But a lot of it also goes to the fact of really good weather. We're in what's known as the blue hole or the rain shadow. So you'll see businesses that are you know named after that. We have rain shadow coffee here in town. We have the blue hole art gallery. And it's just that we get statistically very, very low rain for living in Western Washington. We're shielded by the Olympics. So th there's a lot depending on which demographic and which target market you're talking about, why you want to get here. The younger folks love being outdoors. We've got mountains, 20 minute drive. We've got beaches, five minute drive. There's so much hiking and biking and out, you know, combine that with the good weather. Um, I'm afraid that when this posts, Mary, we're going to have droves more people moving out to swim because I'm going to tell them how awesome it is. 
Well, it is awesome. So I'm glad that you and I are going to have this conversation today. So why don't you just give us a little bit of background about your story and how you landed in SWIM? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Western Washington my whole life, uh, born and raised south of Seattle in Kent. And I guess people would say Renton, but I went to the Kent School District. So I call myself a Kent kid um, and went to UW. It was my dream college. And while there studied economics and worked in the banking industry. And when I came out of college in 2007, it was right around the time of the 08 bubble crash. So I uh, was wisely happy to stay employed with the bank and basically got a uh, trial by fire from anywhere from being a teller to all the way up to manager in about three years. I just, I love everything to do with helping people. And I'm also really like nerdy about money and interest rates and finance and 401ks and Roths. Like my wife makes fun of me because I listen to actual podcasts talking about investment strategies. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's so boring. Um, but I love it. So I was working in banking and my father had moved over here um, several years prior, right when I went to college, my folks moved out to Squim uh, for a lot of the reasons I mentioned up at the top, better weather, great community feel of people. They, they were ready to get out of the metropolis area of Kent. And so he had seen me kind of grow into, I guess, a pretty well-rounded financial advisor of sorts, obviously not in investments, but a leader of people working in the kind of the finance banking realm. And he gave me a call one day and said, we need to help expand our insurance company. Do you want to come and help? And Sarah, my wife and I kind of talked about it. And we were at the raising family stage. We were wanting to have a family and being close to my family and being in a small town, it seemed like a good opportunity to present to itself. And so we made the leap of faith back in 2012 when we moved out. So built-in babysitters and and a job right you know right when you walk into town and and get your address so that's perfect you know it was a big leap of faith um the culture shock was pretty big you know at that time i was in my mid-20s recently married and when we lived in ballard in seattle we could walk everywhere there were often weekends we'd park the car and never get it again for days because we could walk everywhere when you come to squim that that's not the case when you come to a more rural small small town it's easy to get around everywhere, but you're certainly not, you know, leaving the keys in the drawer for a weekend. So there was a culture shock, but ultimately, as you can see, you know, by the attire and you've met me and seen some of my stuff, um, Squim has grown on me very quickly and I'm very fond of the community that I get to live in. For those of you that can't see us because we're on a podcast, um, James is wearing a really cool black t-shirt with white print, hashtag Squim Strong. So... I'm digging that. Does, is that sold in local stores or did you just have it printed up for our show today? No, I actually had it printed up at the very beginning of COVID before I started my Clallam Corner show. Um, I was looking at ways I knew the restaurant industry would be just, you know, slammed by all the different restrictions and limitations when they were closed. So some friends and I started a community group on Facebook and we did contests. So I raised money and we bought a bunch of gift cards and we also did contests if people would shop locally and buy gift cards and they would like take a picture and use the hashtag SquimStrong, they were entered in over a month's time into this prize pool. 
And so part of that is I had all these t-shirts printed. So I think we ordered about 150 shirts and sold them online and used that as money to go back towards uh, the Squim Food Bank. So it's just, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with, I know some of what we're going to talk about, but just the close knit community. And so I thought, shoot, what a, what a better day to wear my Squim Strong shirt than the day we're talking about Squim. You got that right. So that actually segues right into what we were going to talk about next, which is the community of SQUIM having such a big heart. So share your perspective of the town's local, local, local feel. I, you know, it's funny. I was talking with a friend last night that runs a, a business here in town, and he said uh, he's the local dairy farmer, and he said how in SQUIM, there's a sense of pride of people want to kind of take take ownership of that's our farm and he talks to other farmers in western washington and arlington and different bigger areas that there's not as much of that uplifting and nurturing of the community so it's funny you bring it up um from my perspective and there's no right right or wrong answer i think that with it being close enough to seattle to make it easy to get to but we are a little pocket there's a lot of the kind of that that hometown pride so, you know, if you ever grew up and like the kid that from your high school made it to, you know, made the major leagues or started a big business or something, there's kind of like, you know, that, that guy's from blank, wherever you're from. And I feel like there's a lot of that about the small business in Squim. Um, there's a lot of pride for what we can do as a community, supporting each other, shopping local, doing different things. Um, but when you talk about the big heart, the one that's always shocked me, and I, I don't know if there's data out there, Mary, I'm going to charge you with this because you know a lot of people throughout the state. I swear we have to have the highest per capita rate of nonprofits. When you talk about how many volunteer and nonprofit organizations are in SQUIM for being a small town, I, it just goes to show how many people care about giving back and finding ways, whether it's the Squim Wheelers, the bike program that uh, I help with. There's so many different stories that you can find of just people with time and passion to, to help kind of build that community feeling. Wow, there's a lot that you're sharing with us. And as you're saying things, all these ideas are going through my head. I remember, it's got to be at least 10 years ago, maybe, I read the book, Boys in the Boat. And one of the um, boys on the crew team that went to the Olympics is from Squim. You know, so as I'm reading it and I live on the peninsula, but not out in Squim, you know, I had that pride. Oh, wow. You know, they're from Squim and they went to UW and it's just such an amazing story and they made it to the Olympics. And um, as far as the nonprofits, I'm going to have to get back to you on that, but I agree <laughs> with you. I, I will find that number, but there, there is such generosity and, and camaraderie and community in the, in the town of Squim. And I go there often for Compass and Clock, and I am always embraced. I'll walk into a business and, you know, Mary, it's so nice to see you. Oh, you're bringing us the new issue of Compass and Clock. Oh, we just love it. And, and you know... It, I, I go out to lunch with some of the members of the team and get to experience um, just the local town feel. And yeah, there's nothing like it. You know, community really, especially in a time right now when we're going through COVID, um, you see the true colors and, and the meaning that everybody has. 
So talk to me a little bit about volunteering and the retirees and the donating and giving back. Um, I know you're part of Squim Wheelers. Do you want to share with the listeners what Squim Wheelers is? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So Squim Wheelers is a program that has uh, wheelchair accessible bike rides. So there's a funky looking bike that on the front has basically a wheelchair seat that then is, so two wheels up front like a wheelchair and then in the back is the bicycle and it's electric assisted. And so we're able to take folks that are either due to physical limitations, age, some people that have never had, I got to take a, a ride with someone that had cerebral palsy that had never ridden a bike, but we got to go out and ride past the Squim airport and see airplanes taking off and landing and they were having the best time. Um, it's a lot of fun for me uh, as a young business owner and with young kids at home, my wife and I had a talk, it's probably, you know, seven, eight years ago that if I'm going to be saying yes to anything, it better be something I really want to do. Um, not because I think it's the right thing for my business recognition or this, or, it should be something that I'm passionate about. And so I actually pared down some of my volunteering, but when Squim Wheelers started, that was something that was just like, I can get down with that. It's good for me. It's healthy. It's active. I can fill dead airspace as you can hear. So giving someone a tour on a bicycle, I can do that too. Um, but that's just one organization. You know, I'm one person with the things that I like to do. As I mentioned, I think you get this mix of people that are new to town because there, there are a lot of transplants that come to Squim. It's a growing community with people coming here a lot to retire. So they're new to town with newfound freedom because they are recently retired and a lot of energy that they said, what am I going to do? You know, I've always looked forward to retiring. What am I going to do? And for a lot of people that's, you know, be selfless, find ways to devote themselves to the causes to help other people, whether it's um, volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club or, you know, sewing this last year, sewing masks for PPE. Um, people are looking for things to do. And so that's why you name it. It's like you could spin the wheel and find one of 300 nonprofits that people can devote their time and energy to because they, now they can. They finally got the time to do it when they're retired. Well, I know when you go to SWIM, um, the Irrigation Festival is the number one um, irrigation festival, if I'm saying the stats correctly, in the country. Um, or the, there's something about it that makes it number one. And it is. I'll jump in here. I'll save you, Mary. Yeah. It's, Thank you. it's the longest continuous Thank festival you. in the state of Washington. So eat your heart out, Seafair or Daffodil Parade or any of those other ones up and down the West Coast. Uh, we are now at 126. I believe this is 127 straight years of celebrating when they irrigated the prairie land here in Squim. So it's a big deal in a rural community. Uh, you know, the phrase is water is wealth. So to farmers, water is a big deal. And if they hadn't figured out how to irrigate, Squim would have never happened. So yeah, longest running in the state. Yeah, and that takes a lot of volunteers for that festival to go on because I believe it's about 10 days long because it covers two weekends. You should have seen what it was like this last year because they weren't going to let no COVID stand in the way. It went full virtual. They ha I mean, had to figure it out on a fly. They did a virtual parade where everyone was masked and had a camera crew to film it and then streamed it the next day on YouTube. I mean, they weren't going to let the, that streak die just because of some silly pandemic. 
good on them. Yes. Um, also, Shipley Center, that's the senior community center in SWIM. And I want to say they have over 1,600 members. So if somebody is new to the, to the community, it's a great place to go to start to get connected. Um, 50 and older usually is somebody that's, you know, gets connected with a senior center. And they're definitely, all of them that I talk to, you know, all ages are welcome, but senior centers are not meant for people 80 and older and that's it. You know, it's, it's a sense of community and then they volunteer to partake in other things happening um, in town through the senior center. Um, I'm just thinking the main drag, Washington Street, Trinity Church has a um, great program there too and they do um, seminars. I don't know if they're doing them on Zoom now, do you know? I do not, but one that just made me think of, you know, during this time where vaccine is kind of rolling out in a big thing, we were on the news because we were the first mass vaccination site for those um, 65 and over. And that was done by the local Jamestown Squalum tribe. And that's another example of them, you know, an organization, a community organization going above and beyond and doing something for the good. They had extra doses and said, let's distribute them. We're not going to wait for the approval. Let's go forth. And so for the first weekend, I mean, we were all over the local news with people wanting to know about how it was going in Squim. So it felt weird to see little old Squim on King, Cairo, Como, Q13, like it was everywhere. And did they use your drone footage that you took? Because I saw that online. Yes, uh, that was, I wasn't, that wasn't, a, this was more about Jamestown. So if anyone from Jamestown is listening, big ups to you guys, because it was awesome. But yeah, um, I filmed, I love videos. I film a lot of stuff with my kids, film, home videos for my company as well. And I went down and flew the drone just so we could see the line of hundreds and hundreds of cars. And it ended up getting picked up. I was interviewed on Cairo and it was on all the local news stations. So, you know, I felt happy to share it because it was just, you know, it was important and it's, it's history at this point, the first site in Washington to be distributing that way. So um, how many volunteers did it take with Jamestown to execute that? Because the drone footage is amazing. You know, you could see the lines of cars wrapped around down the street. Um, did they? Yeah. Use you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I did see footage and, it, you know, it went on for weekends and weekends to get people through in these drive-through centers, which are now commonplace across the state. But this was the first one with a drive-through vaccination. And there were dozens. And it was, you know, as much as there was frustration on day one of having a lineup that was two miles long, um, they got it figured out, got the appointment system set up. And so it's been, you know, anyone that you've talked to that's gone through it has given them rave reviews. So, I mean, it's just one of those signs of, of hope and promise in a year that a lot of people have had some, you know, major frustrations and major isolation. I think it's nice that we could be the first beacon of hope that like, this is going, it's going forward. I know I did a um, food, pet food and supply drive for the Olympic um, Peninsula Humane Society in November. And the folks that came out for that loved their pets. They loved the Humane Society. It was just such a, um, emotional, overwhelming three hours of the stories that people would tell. Um, and then you interviewed um, Colleen from Habitat for Humanity and another nonprofit. And um, the layers of what they do for the community is unbelievable. I'm going to have to give her a call and get her on one of these podcasts 
so we can help tell their story. But if you had to summarize right now um, to the listeners, you know, no matter what age you are, what would you want to say to them about SWIM? Um, you know, the floor is yours. Don't come. We're full. Everything's good. We're, we're good at, no, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing to not be a native of a small town, but have felt like I've been taken in like one and the ability to, um, really have an impact. And that is something that's not for everyone. Uh, squim has a special spot in many, many hearts and you have the opportunity to, if you like the outdoors, you can explore like crazy because we're in, you know, nature's backyard. It's amazing. But you also have the ability to make an impact. I think sometimes in this day and age, we're also connected digitally, but it seems like maybe there's a growing disconnect and chasm of like actual interpersonal relationships. And I feel like here, if you want it and you put in the effort, you have to be intentional in any of this stuff you've got the opportunity to make big impacts because volunteering within the small school district, I mean, we only have two elementary schools. So we're not talking about a big, huge conglomerate, you know, district, you know, to make an impact with different programs. You can be a pivotal player. You can be the big fish in the small pond when it comes to what you want to volunteer with. And I think you'll find a lot of like-minded people um, use the technology, use Facebook, use media to get in contact with them, but you can go out in the community and make an actual difference. You know, this, the, the Squim Wheelers was just someone, I think Nicole saw who founded it. Um, and she was someone that I knew through work. She saw, I think a bike somewhere else like this was like, that's a really cool idea. Our community could use it. And then boom, a year later, there was 30 volunteers and they'd gotten the nonprofit off the ground. And some people have helped write grant paperwork. So they get on board and it's just, Whatever you want to do, and man, I'm feeling dead air now, but um, whatever you want to do, if you, if you come, you can, you can find people that can help you get to that goal. So no matter your age, it's a great place to come to raise a family. It's a great place to come to retire. Um, and if you have family nearby, then, you know, um, multi-generational, so to speak because well that's the case in your in your life right now right you're there and your parents are there um so three generations and my grandparents we all live within about two miles of each other so four generations of castells yep or castell am i saying that right we'll, we'll take it either which way as long as you're calling me i'll answer that's all yeah. I, you know that's all i'll say so squim has that heart it has a sense of community i i live on bainbridge and we really have community here. And so I know what you're saying. And it just makes such a difference for getting up out of bed in the morning and feeling grateful for where you live and how you can contribute and make a difference in somebody else's life. So thank you for sharing with everybody um, your love of SQUIM and why you think it's so wonderful. And um, they can learn more about it um, how would you suggest they do that? Where would you send them to? Oh, probably Squim Chamber of Commerce has a ton of great information. I know that Angie and her team up there do a ton. Um, I'm sure the city manager, and if you go look at the, you know, the city sites, but um, I mean, 
just come out. <laughs> it's not very far. That's the, that's part of the other thing that I didn't mention is, you know, wherever you are up and down Western Washington and most of your viewers and listeners will be on a lot of that I-5 corridor. It's only a couple hours from Seattle. I mean, we go door to door in two hours with a ferry ride. So you get a nice break, you got a gorgeous ferry ride. So it's not like it's this other universe. Heck, I still have Husky season tickets because I wasn't going to give that up. So I go back to Seattle all the time. <laughs> so um, just come out, explore. It's fun. Yeah. And you can even go the other direction. And it's maybe, what would you say, a 20-minute drive to get to the waterfront in Port Angeles and go over to BC, British Columbia. We are anxiously awaiting. We Every summer, uh, we go for at least one or two trips. Yeah, you can go over and take the Black Ball Ferry. So it's 25 minutes from my house to the Port Angeles Ferry Dock. And then about a 90-minute ferry ride and you're in uh, Victoria, which is a great escape. It's a great change of pace to go somewhere different. Well, that's all our time for today, but you folks heard it here with James. SQUIM is a wonderful community for enjoying life, giving back to others, and um, appreciating Mother Nature. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and thanks for helping people tell their stories. I know that there's a, you know, a lot of people out there that have great stories to tell, like you said, from Clallam Habitat here. It's just people, give them the airspace and there's a lot of great stuff out there that we're going to learn from this show. So thanks for having me on. Thank you, James. And um, again, I appreciate you being a guest. Stay happy, stay healthy, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.